This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, December 15th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who throws a better lateral pass than most, Jason Shepard. Yeah, there are. Uh, there's the right way to throw a lateral pass, and then there's what happened last night on Monday Night Football. That <laughs> was horrible. <laughs> like, and it didn't end well. Look, that never ends well. There, there with, with very few exceptions, does the lateral and just keep throwing it backwards work? I mean, obviously, it's worked once or people wouldn't keep doing it, but that, that didn't end well last night for the Cleveland Browns. Certainly. And there are some people thinking, well... What does it matter? They probably weren't going to win anyway. Baltimore was up 45-42. It was just this Hail Mary type situation. But it matters to some people in the desert, Jason. Yeah, and the fact that the game ended in a plus five for the Ravens <laughs> and it looked like for a moment it was going to be plus three, it probably I even as soon as as soon as that game went final, I even tweeted out, and I'm not betting guy, that's not I just don't really care about that. But I'm like, I'm going to enjoy watching the meltdowns <laughs> from people who just lost a lot of money because of that safety. It was a weekend of laterals. The <laughs> Ball State University game was a wild finish. There was a scenario where everyone's seen the big game from 1982 between Cal and Stanford. Right. The band is on the field! Ball State's entire team was on the field <laughs> while the ball is still being lateraled around by the opponent. It ends up in a touchdown. There was an illegal lateral pass, so it kind of made it all for naught. But I'm just – there are some crazy things happening. It's summed up 2020 perfectly. Look, here's what I love about situations like that in sports. You spend an entire game where everything is called by the book and every little ticky-tack thing is called. And then in a situation like that, you've got guys tackling people from behind. (laughs) You've got them throwing them dead. Like, everyone's just like the the flags are in the pocket. It's like whatever, free-for-all. Hey, Coach, what do you want us to do? I don't know. Just try and score. However you may do yeah, it. Just, just keep the clock running. Just keep the ball going yeah. and uh, try and score. I love that. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> no more lateral talk on today's show, I promise. Here's your Tuesday show lineup beginning with why the Boca Raton Bowl matters more than you probably think it does. Is there a Florida curse for BYU football? Hey, the bowl game scene is diminished in 2020, but there are still plenty of random contests for us to play. No, the bowl. And a top five Tuesday from our Super Saturday coverage. Two-on-one with BYU basketball sophomore guard Spencer Johnson and game day for a West Coast Conference Player of the Year candidate, Jason. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As we were just mentioning, BYU accepted an invitation to play in the Boca Raton Bowl on December 22nd. The 10-1 Cougars will face the 6-3 UCF Knights at FAU Stadium. Senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi says this team is ready to get back at it. The team's really excited to play, um, really excited to just kind of prove and, and prove ourselves again um, and be able to work and fix kind of the things that we have been lacking uh, the last couple of weeks. So really excited about it. Kickoff set for next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and, of course, BYU Radio. Caleb Lohner of BYU Men's Basketball named West Coast Conference Freshman of the Week following eight points and a career-high 10 rebounds in just a dominant 
18-point win over Utah. College Hoops Insider Andy Katz was definitely watching the Cougars and names BYU his WCC Team of the Week. The Jimmer did normal Jimmer things, finishing with 36 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. Don't tell me he can't play defense, all right? In a Shanghai Sharks win, Fredette right now in 28 minutes is averaging 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. I'm waiting for Jimmer Fredette to win Defensive Player of the Year in the Chinese Basketball well, Association. he's getting the Jason Shepard Defensive Player of the Week on. <laughs> so. so let it be known. Say hello to game day for BYU women's basketball and West Coast Conference Player of the Year candidate Shaylee Gonzalez. She's averaging more than 20 points a game. The Cougars hosting in-state rival Utah Valley. Tip-off set for 5 Eastern at the Marriott Center. Watch it live on the BYU TV app with yours truly, Kristen Kozlowski, and Jason Shepard on the sideline. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. So there's this growing idea that because BYU football is not playing in a New Year's Six game, the awaiting bowl game is just kind of a meh situation. I'm here to tell you that it is very much not that, and the urgency is real for BYU football. In fact, I am going to say that this game might be the most important of the entire 2020 season, Jason. More on that in a moment. In your opinion, what does BYU football have left to prove in the bowl game against UCF? Look, there's the nuts and bolts part of it in terms of securing a top 25 finish and being able to be, at the end of the year, one of your, be able to hit one of your goals of being ranked in the top 25 at the end of the year. So that, that's one of the things. Also getting to 11 wins, something this team hasn't done since 2009. I mean, that is, that is a, that's a big accomplishment. And so beyond that, though, beyond the, the, the logistical things, I came away from yesterday's media session. Kalani Satake spoke, Isaiah Kafusi spoke, and then Zach Wilson spoke. And I came away from that media session more convinced than ever that this team still feels like they need to prove to the rest of college football that they're a good team. I want you to hear two specific sound bites. One from Isaiah Kafusi, and then we'll get to one from Zach Wilson. But let's start with the one from Isaiah Kafusi. He talked about still having something to prove in terms of the, to the elite of college football. We're going to race this question mark around BYU that we're, we're a good team, the program is in good hands, and the program will continue to be great. Uh, and so that's kind of what we have to prove right now. Okay, so let's take that one and then follow that up with this from, from Zach Wilson talking about the fact that this team does not want two losses. I still feel like there is more to prove about you know, how good of a team that we can be and how good of a team that we are. And, and you know, you're not a good team if you can't finish the season off right. And so this is a big one for us and a big bowl game. You know, it's hard to specifically say what, what there is left to prove, but, um, you know, we don't want to end with two, two losses. It's not fun. So my takeaway from both of those comments and, and throughout a couple of other comments as well was this team still feels like they're not getting the respect that they deserve. They're not. They're, they, they aren't. Now, after the Coastal Carolina loss, look, there's going to be a lot of people after that loss that have, they're, they're going to push BYU to the side already. That's already happened from a lot of people. Sure. The because comments- the national spotlight – is has is not as bright as it was prior to the Coastal Carolina game. So I think they realized that the loss to Coastal Carolina 
did that to a certain degree. A second loss would give other people more ammunition to dismiss what BYU has done, and they want to avoid that. They they want to prove to people that they are as good as they looked, and they are. And it's unfortunate that the Coastal Carolina game played out the way it did and then that people are already dismissing them. But I love to hear, look, we in the media and the fans, you know, we talk about the recognition, but you don't always hear the players talking about it. So to hear them talk about how important it is for them to prove to others that they are legitimate, that I thought that was a pretty impactful statement. Sure. Oh, was everyone, and by everyone I mean BYU fans specifically, not overwhelmed by the look what happens when BYU finally plays a real team and they challenge themselves and they go on the road. They lost. They're posers. So imagine what the rhetoric will be from the nation and from naysayers of BYU football if they lose to UCFC. Yeah. The only two real teams they matched up with this year, they lost to. You know, mind you, they're both going to be de facto. Well, one was a true road game. The UCF game is going to be a de facto road game. My question is, if BYU beat Central Florida, would they still get the credit because Hank Mockmeyer is not the quarterback? <laughs> does, that, does that play into this at all? Yeah, the, the lowly Dylan Gabriel. Who, yeah, Hank Bachmeyer didn't play, so we're really not going to give him any credit for this. Gabriel's thrown 30 touchdown passes, tied for second in the nation with Zach Wilson. He's pretty good. Uh, quarterback He's pretty UCF. good. You brought up the, fo- the top 25. Win or lose, Jason, BYU is going to finish in the top 25 of the AP poll for the first time since 2009. They're high enough, number 14, that even if they lost to UCF, they will be a top 25 team for the first time in more than a decade when the season is over. But it would feel awful to be number 23 or number 24 or whatever it is when you consider what BYU could potentially do and finish in the top 10. Trevor Maddich of ESPN told us yesterday and aptly pointed out, There is going to be so much attrition above BYU in the AP poll that if BYU takes care of business against UCF and USC loses their New Year's Six Bowl game or they lose to Oregon in the revamped Pac-12 championship game, Iowa State (laughs) loses to backup team in your championship game. Yes. What happens to Indiana? Like There are going to be enough teams that lose bowl games and conference championship games that if BYU wins, they legitimately could finish ranked in the top 10 of the final AP poll and the college football playoff doesn't do a final poll, Jason, right? They do their final poll before the new year six and the college football playoff. Like that's their job. Yes. The final say is the AP poll. BYU has only finished in the top 10 of the AP poll three times in program history, three 1983, 1984 and 1996. Is that not uncanny? BYU has a chance to finish in the top 10 for just the fourth time ever in this storied history of this program. So there's some stuff on the line for sure. That's I'm just scratching the tip of the tip, like the tip of the iceberg here, okay? The the surface. If BYU wins, they also finally get off the Schneid in Florida. BYU's never won a game in Florida. They're 0 and 8. We all thought That's last such year. Such a crazy stat. Oh, BYU's going to roll through USF. They're terrible. And they were. USF fired their coach. They were 4 and 8. BYU lost that game, and the Florida curse continues on. So can BYU get off the Florida schneid? That is also on the line. BYU doesn't want to lose back-to-back bowl games, and as you brought up, BYU doesn't want to lose two games. Just imagine just the tailspin and how 
Ugh. It changes it like the dynamic. Yes, it again. changes the dynamic of the season and the trajectory that this team was on. If you lose two out of your last three games, it just changes the way everybody feels about the season. Not to mention BYU, only five times in program history has finished with one or fewer losses, and they haven't finished a season with one loss since 1996. It's been 24 years. Think about everything that's on the line in this game. You're playing for an historic final mark in multiple facets. Does Zach Wilson not need to win his last game, too, to, to launch himself with even more positivity into the NFL draft? Like, this is a statement game for Zach Wilson in a matchup of high-level quarterbacks. This is an important game for Zach. See, there are so many of those individual storylines that I agree with you. I mean, Zach Wilson, in all likelihood, would be, probably be his last game before going to the NFL. I, I just look at this more as a statement game for the program. All year long, this team was in the spotlight and was getting so much uh, hype, and the accolades were flowing, in, and rightfully so. It absolutely deserved everything that it got. All of the national attention was legit. This team earned that. And then the Coastal Carolina game happened. And now you've got people who, it, that, that's what they were looking for. Pretenders! They were, they were looking for that one thing they could say, okay, uh, but, th- but right there. Okay, so they got it with Coastal Carolina. And I just keep going back to what Zach said, that two losses, that gives those people more ammunition to dismiss everything BYU's done this year. And I know, look, we go back to when we're kids, and your parents are like, hey, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. It only matters what you think about you. That is right partially. <laughs> Not in, in this instance. In this it instance, absolutely matters. In this instance, it does matter what other people think about you because those are the people that are going to vote for you. Those are the people that help promote the brand. It does matter that BYU wins this game. And so I, I, I loved hearing it from the players that, that it means something to them, that they know what's on the line. And look, this is going to be the case for every team. Everybody wants to win that last game. Nobody wants the last game of the season, that last taste in your mouth, to be a bad one. Yeah. You want to be able to play well and then springboard into the next year. Now, it doesn't always work that way, but you always want to stack the deck in your yeah. favor. Always want to have that last game be a positive experience. And here's the best part about it. Yes, this is, this is another G5 team, and I know that everybody wanted – they think it's a, it's a cop-out that these two teams aren't facing P5 teams. Give them an opportunity against P5 teams. This is a, this is a good team. This is, this is one of the best offenses in the country. This is an excellent matchup. So if BYU wins this game, this is a game that you can get the, the necessary accolades and the attaboys that you need to help with the way this season has gone. UCF is 14 points away from being undefeated. Yes. There's no way they should have lost to Memphis, but they somehow found a way to lose. College kickers, you can thank them. They were in position to potentially stun Cincinnati, yep. who is still undefeated. UCF's a really good football team at 6-3. and three. This is in their backyard Okay, Florida Atlantic University is only about three hours away from campus in Orlando. UCF's got a huge fan base. BYU Nation, if you want to make a trip and go to uh, Florida in December, this is, this is the time to do it, 6,000 fans. So show up, be loud, be noticed, and help BYU out in, uh, in a difficult situation. The one other thing I want to bring up here is this is, in a weird way, a vengeance game for BYU against UCF. Do you remember 
the 2014 contest. Oh, I remember. Went into overtime, and Jordan Leslie was so egregiously pass-interfered with, and it didn't get called, and Taysom Hill had broken his leg two weeks earlier, and it just it began like this slide for BYU before they ultimately turned things around and finished eight and five. But BYU lost two games in Florida that year. They lost to UCF, and then they lost in the Miami Beach Bowl. It's time to get off the schneid in Florida, and what better team to do so uh, than this BYU team against UCF, finish in the top ten, finish with 11 wins, finish with one loss for the first time since 1996, prove to the country that you are legit, that you're not a pretender, and do some things you haven't done in a long time. Like, do you not feel the urgency now of this game? Do you? I, I almost feel bad doing this to you, but it is a big game. There's pressure in it, and there needs to be. There absolutely is pressure in this game, without question. And it's not just from the outside. There's pressure within, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. This team is going into this game putting pressure on itself to win. They know what they're capable it. of. I love they it. They absolutely know what they're capable of. Feel the pressure. Embrace it. It's a huge game. game, game so game, many game. storylines. Our question of the day, what does BYU football have left to prove in the bowl game? We want to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Doug Heath answers on Twitter that BYU really is a top 10 team if they finish 11-1 and with their only loss by a yard to an undefeated top 10 team, then it's pretty clear that BYU is good, even if the, and I think he's referencing the college football playoff poll, yes. doesn't reflect that. Dan Smith in on Twitter that BYU can beat a tough group of five team. Well, they've done that. They won at Boise State. Yeah, but they didn't have Hank Bachmeyer. <laughs> BYU can get revenge from 2014, what I just talked about. Finish the season with the bull win and not end up being like the 2001 and 2008 seasons. Win the first game in the state of Florida. Finish in the top 15. They have a lot to prove still. Ah, yes, Dan has been paying attention to what we were talking about yesterday and certainly doubled down on today. Yeah, this is not just a game that's a reward and you just go have fun. This is a business trip for BYU, and I love the fact that they're approaching it that way. All right, coming up, how much credit does the offensive line get for BYU's success this season? And Spencer Johnson, sophomore guard for BYU basketball, on how the Cougars plan to stun top 25 San Diego State this Friday. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight on the BYU TV app for BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel look back on the win over Utah and preview a big matchup on Friday at San Diego State. Plus the latest deep blue in the film room. That's tonight, 830 Eastern on the Brigham Young University television application. Mark Pope celebrating an 18-point win over Utah. Need we say more? <laughs> Best game they'd played so far. <laughs> Start to finish, most complete game they played this season. It was Fantastic. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Speaking of that game, there were several stars for BYU against Utah, including Spencer Johnson, who scored a career-high 14 points. One of three unlikely Cougars to score, sorry, 16 points. One of three unlikely Cougars to score in double figures. And when you do that and you end up with uh, some stitches over your eye because you get kneed by your arch nemesis, Naturally, we want to talk to you. Here's Spencer Johnson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. 
Spencer, first and foremost, how's the war wound and the stitches above your eye? <laughs> it's doing good. I got six stitches. Uh, they stitched me up right after the game. I don't know if you can see it. It's a little bit swollen, a little bit blue, but doing good. Hey, one for each make in the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had stitches before? First time. Nice. Never had them. Nice. Uh, Mark Pump said he was jealous after the game of you, that you got stitches. He wish he would have got stitches too. <laughs> stitches. Uh, when you when you go six for eleven and you score sixteen against Utah, you've been you've been at basically every school in Utah. It feels like, but Utah. Now you're playing for the Cougs and you score sixteen. What was that like for you? I felt really good. Um, you know, rivalry game. Everyone's talking about it. Big hype, especially you know against against Utah. So, so it feels so good to come in, um, be able to contribute. Uh, more importantly, to to get the win as a team. How would you explain the post-game celebration? Because apparently a whole cooler of water was brought in by your head coach, Mark Pope. That was cold water. Had a bunch of ice in it. Like, <laughs> Pebbles flying. Throwing it all over. So <laughs> fun, though. Such a, such a fun locker room. Such a fun coach to play for. It was just an early start on the ice bath after the game, right? Yeah, I mean, just get a head start on it. <laughs> Let's talk about the last three games for you. So more playing time. You get 18 minutes, 25 minutes, 27, and you respond with good defense and seven points, 10 points, and 16 points. What's been the difference for you in the increased playing time you've gotten? Um, mostly defensively. I feel like uh, you know, I've, had, I've had some pretty good matchups, and, um, but Coach, he wants me to come in and be able to guard guys and uh, make a difference on the defensive end. And I think that's really, you know, getting me minutes right now. But um, as well as offensively, I'm able to come in and just in the flow of the game, um, just pick my spots. And my teammates are doing a great job of, you know, moving the ball and I'm able to get shots that way. So um, I'm able to been, be more productive as uh, my minutes have gone up. BYU basketball sophomore guard Spencer Johnson with us on BYU Sports Nation. What does a win over Utah mean for the current state of BYU basketball? It's huge. Any win against uh, your rival is big, but um, I think they're ranked ahead of us. And um, especially as a bounce back win, you know, we lost earlier in the week against Boise State. So as a bounce back win against your rival, a team that's ranked ahead of you is, is huge for us. Tell us what went into the preparation on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, because that was certainly a disappointing loss, and a lot of that stemmed from the disappointing start, uh, being down 14 nothing the first nine minutes. So what is it that you guys talked about, and how did you stay motivated leading up to the Utah game? Um, our coaches did a great job. They, um, they continued to preach at us, like, don't worry about shots. Like, shots are going to fall. We have to focus on defense and rebounding. You know, we're able to get stops. We're able to rebound. And the shots are going to take care of themselves. Um, they had a great scout prepared. We knew what, you know, each of these Utah players like to do, their tendencies and things like that. And I think, you know, that was mostly our preparation that went into it. Now you take that momentum and we'll face what we think is going to be a top 20 San Diego State team by the time the rankings come out and you hit San Diego on Friday. What's the scouting report on the Aztecs right now? Um, same type of deal. Defense, rebounding. They got some shooters. Um, we gotta we gotta keep them off the line, but this team is long and athletic, and 
So we're really going to have to rebound and stop them in transition. Yeah, it feels like USC. It feels like Boise State a little bit. So what's the best way to offset increased length and athleticism for an opposing team in a matchup like this? Make a lot of threes. <laughs> <laughs> Says the shooter. I love it. Get, get you the ball more. Is that the answer? <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Spencer Johnson with us on BYU Sports Nation. A number of people, uh, and, and I'm speaking specifically of social media, have talked about the swagger you have on the court. Why do you feel like your game specifically has transitioned nicely into what Coach Pope wants to do with his scheme? Um, he Coach Pope has one of those offenses where it's like he doesn't – he runs – it's a lot of principles, but it's not a lot of – like sets. So a lot of it's just making reads off of ball screens, just reading, you know, what the defense is doing and reacting. And I feel like I'm, you know, that's more what my game is. I'm able to, to make reads and um, just swing it to the open guy and you know, whoever's open is taking that shot. I think that's, I've been able to translate into that you know, fairly well. Let's talk about your journey here. And, and we did when you signed here, but for people that f- forgot, you were at Weber State for a semester after your mission, and then Utah Valley, and then last year you were at Solid Community College, and now you're at BYU. So th- this this has been a uh, a journey for you, has it not? It has. Uh, nobody anticipates a journey like that. Um, it was definitely tough at times to, you know, bouncing around to so many schools and having to start over and, and learn, you know, new systems and things like that. But like seriously, couldn't be more grateful for it because um, ultimately I end up, you know, here. Your brother Isaac is a top 50 signee, uh, you know, what, a year ago at Oregon. I think he's on a mission right now. Is that the case? Yeah, he is. Where is he? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Very nice. So this yep. is, a, are you a, ba- is it a basketball family then? Two, two dudes that are going to play college ball? Or are there more? Oh, definitely. Definitely. My dad played at Utah State. Um, my brother, a really good high school player, had some offers to play in college, but um, turned him down. And you know, then me and my little brother as well. My little sister, she got an opportunity to play. So definitely a basketball family. So does that translate into like early mornings at the church? Like wh- where does that manifest itself in your family? Definitely. Um, we, uh, we had a lot of early mornings at the church. Uh, wake up before school, go, you know, get your shots up, uh, go to school, go to practice and things like that. Uh, out on the driveway, lots of long days shooting hoops on the driveway. It's actually a sin, my family, to park your car on the driveway. No <laughs> hey, amen to that, dude. If the hoop's there, yeah. get, you got to get out of the way. Guess what? You're shoveling that driveway and you're going to get some shots up. I don't, it doesn't matter. Right? That's, why I'm putting, that's why I'm putting the basketball hoop in my backyard, man. So I never have to encounter that issue. Uh, Spencer, let's finish with this home court advantage is a very different dynamic in college basketball, just because you can't really have fans in the stands. So um, how do you feel about your chances against San Diego state, knowing that their vaunted student section, the show won't be there, but they'll still be playing on their home court. I feel really good. feel really, really confident. Um, we miss our fans. We miss the rock. We miss opposing fans. But, uh, you know, as long as we're able to go in and execute our game plan and our principles, I think we're going to be just fine. And do you like the nickname I gave you, Instapot? 
<laughs> I like it. I'm digging it. You got to use it more. Okay, more it is. More buckets equals more Instapot. I love it. Hey, take care of those stitches, man. Heal up. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the game against San Diego State. Go get them, man. Thanks. Spencer Johnson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I would like to point out <gasps> that there was one man at the front of the Spencer Johnson hype train to begin the season, and he is sitting to my left. Look, look I don't want to play this up too much. I, I just was impressed with him early on, and I'll tell you what impressed me the most. Like, coming into the season, we, we were not hearing a, a ton about Spencer Johnson. You really didn't know what type of opportunities he would have. But early in the season, when he came in, a lot of times you see guys will come in and they'll be immediately, they want to start taking shots. They'll press. Yes, and they'll want to take shots, and that's, and that's fine. He came in and was immediately ready to shoot, and then, oh, by the way, was making the shots. Like, he was instant offense. And by the way, I know he said he was cool with Instapot. I can't believe he is. <laughs> I told Jerem that yesterday. Jerem's like, you know, you can get in on the Instapot thing. I'm like, nope, not, not, that's yours. We'll let Jerem do that. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, I just was impressed with how he was immediately ready to come into a game and not only came in ready to shoot, but came in ready to score. He, he was coming in hitting shots, and it looked effortless. And, and I, I go back to after the Utah State game. Um, Coach Pope told us on radio post game when I asked him about Spencer Johnson, Coach Pope said, I'm surprised at how quickly he's earned my trust. And that's a big thing. You know how big that is. Oh. If you've earned the coach's trust and he's willing to put you in, and that's manifested itself since then because his minutes are going up and the production's going up. It's all about his defense to start. Yes, Jason. and his defense and his defense has been great. His defense is driving his extended minutes on the floor. And he mentioned as much in that interview. But he, because he's playing good, solid defense and then following up by making shots – and yeah, he's going to see the court a bunch more. And he's not wrong when he says BYU needs to make a bunch of three-pointers against San Diego State to hang because they are USC, but better. They're a better version of USC, Jason. Yeah. No, San Diego State is every bit legit. And the fact that you're going down there, fans or no fans, this is an extremely good basketball team. And this, this, was, this will be BYU's biggest test to this point. I'm not going to call him the Instapot, but I will say... He's, have you seen that show, Spencer for Hire? You remember that I show? I know Spencer for Hire. Spencer. Yes, Spencer. Yes. That's, that's what I'm going to call him, Spencer. Nice. Spencer for Hire, okay. three-point assassin, Jason. Okay? Okay. Let's go, man. I, I like it. More than Instapot? Way more. <laughs> <laughs> Love <All> you, Jeremy. <laughs> All right, coming up, know the bowl. Man, I hope there's an early dinner special joke in there somewhere. Spencer Johnson's not the only rising basketball star. You might know this guy named Alex Barcelo. More on that. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. After further review, reviews, that's what they do. The San Diego State game watches Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the film AFR. Available tonight on the BYU TV app at 7 p.m. Eastern. Oh, Isaac Rex, 10 touchdown catches on the season. Hello, freshman All-American. How great has he been? He's been, He's been the unbelievable. red zone target that we all hoped somebody would become with the absence of Matt Bushman. Credit to Isaac. Absolutely. his quarterback, Zach Wilson, is pretty good, too. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. 
The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, the BYU offensive line has been named one of 11 semifinalists for the Joe Moore Award given the top offensive line unit in the country. How much credit do you give the big guys for the Cougars' success this year? Based on sheer numbers on the field, Jason, they are five of the 11 players on any given play. So almost half the credit for BYU being as consistently awesome as they have been on offense. The other half goes to Zach Wilson primarily (laughs) and uh, some pretty good skill position players. But those guys are not in position to do what we've seen them do if the offensive line is not as solid as they are. Seriously, like half credit. I give them a ton of credit. We knew that was going to be the strength coming into this season. And they have matched those expectations and in all likelihood probably exceeded those. And I agree with you. The season that Zach Wilson is having is certainly helped out by the guys in front of him. So I think they deserve a lot of credit. I love that Zach Wilson quote tweeted that just with heart eyes. Right. That news. (laughs) He loves the guys up front. That's for sure. BYU will be wearing the all-white fresh uniforms with royal trim for the bowl game. Jason, do you like? Uh, I do like, and that is a change in in, uh, thought process because I used to be anti-all-white because it felt like we never played well in the all-white uniforms. But that's changed, and that is such a clean, crisp look. I love it because it makes the royal pop, and we've started to win some big games in those. So I'm now I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Can BYU get off the schneid in Florida? They need to, and they need to do so with another uniform that has that connotation of, oh, BYU doesn't play well. BYU wins the bowl game in Florida against UCF. <laughs> Take care of all that other business. Any idea that BYU doesn't play well in the white uniforms will go away yes. forever. I like it. I think they're super clean. Yeah, agreed. All right, Andy Katz lists Alex Barcella as one of his 10 rising stars in college basketball. By season's end, how bright do you think Barcelo's star will be shining on the national stage? It's going to be tough for Alex to get into an All-American type conversation just because he plays in a league with the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and they're, they're so good. So it's almost detrimental that Alex can't be a shining star in his own conference. Right. Like if he played in the Mountain West, there would be a better chance for him to gain some more national publicity. Unless he does something special against Gonzaga and against St. Mary's, it's going to be tough for him to be anything more than a clear first-team All-West Coast Conference selection. Honestly, he's not the type of guy that really cares about Agreed. those type of accolades. He really isn't. He's not. He's like, I just want to win the game. If they scored five points, he scored five points against Utah. He had eight assists, BYU won by 18, and he was the happiest guy in the entire locker room. Yeah, a lot of this is going to be based on what BYU does on the national stage, how many wins, how, what type of attention they get. But I will say this. I think as the season continues, and by the end of the year, certainly, you're not going to be able to talk about BYU basketball and all of its success without first bringing up Alex Barcelo. Man, if, if Alex Barcelo played in a different league, Jason, he'd be a legit player of the year for the league candidate. But he plays against Gonzaga, and that's Gonzaga typically just they have the player of the year every year, it feels like. It really stinks. Shaley Gonzalez, speaking of outstanding players in the West Coast Conference, was named the WCC Player of the Week. She and the Cougars will host Utah Valley today. She got the weekly honor, first of many, I'm sure. Will she be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year? Look, I will never bet against Shaley while she's a member of the BYU basketball team. Not only does she have the ability, but she's putting up the numbers in order to do it, too. 
So as, as long as she is in a BYU uniform, I would expect her to be the player of the year every year. That's how good she is. If she averages 20 points a game, she will be the player of the year. Cassie DeVagere did it and was a dynamite scorer. Shaylee is, and this is no knock on Cassie because Cassie was an outstanding player. Shaylee's different, Jason. She's, she's in a different tier right now. As a sophomore, I think she's as good as Cassie was at Cassie's prime years, junior and senior years. Like Shaylee's different. She's got a chance to win this, this award as a sophomore. And I'm so happy for her that she's been able to come back and pick up right where she left off after the ACL injury. That, it, that she had the entire the full year to, to recuperate, and now she's come back and not missed a beat. Lexi Rydouch was also WCC Player of the Year, but different game. Shaley's got the ball in her hand more, yep. like Cassie did. She could win it as a sophomore. That's not a stretch. All right, we continue. Yes. Coming up, Top 5 Tuesday from Super Saturday. Jeez, how many days of the week are we going to mention in this tease? And I know that nine bowl games have been canceled, but there are still 31, Jason. And just some rando contests out there. So plenty of fodder to discuss if we really know the bowl. This is BYU Sports Nation. Nine bowl games, Mrs. Bueller. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU women's basketball hosts crosstown rival Utah Valley University today, 5 Eastern time. Watch Shaley Gonzalez and the Cougars as they look to improve on their 3-1 and record. The game is available on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B in Provo, Utah. Typically at this point of the week, bearing down on a football game, we play a game called Know the Foe. But there is no foe this Saturday. The foe for BYU will happen on December 22nd against UCF. But there are several bowl games beginning this weekend, Jason, and there are still 31 being played, even though nine have been canceled. So how well do we know all 31? It's time that we find out. Oh, wait, this isn't just about the uh, Boca Raton Bowl? Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's about Boca. Hey, it's about Boca. Okay. Let's play Know the Bowl, Ben Bagley. All right, guys, let's go. Uh, let's hope Jason maybe brings some knowledge to the set because you guys are normally not very good. In fact, True. Jason, we'll let you go first. Okay, okay. All right, how many Boca Raton Bowls have been played? Your multiple choice options okay. are 15, 12, 9, or 6. Hmm. Uh, I'm feeling like 9. Good start, Jason. No, it would be 6. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I meant was a 9 that's upside down. Is what you didn't let me finish. Hey, the AAC is 0-3 in the Boca Raton Bowl, Jason. <laughs> okay. All right, Spencer. What is the average age of a resident of Boca Raton? Oh boy. Is it 38.4, 48.5, 52.3, or 57.7? Ben, I'm gonna go with C 52.3. Mm. Oh, no, the answer is, is D, 81.7. <laughs> That's also wrong. It's 48.5, which brings us to a stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The average age of a Boca Raton resident is 10.1 years older than the average U.S. resident. 10 years older? 10 years. Which is 38.4, the first option. Okay. 
The Seinfeld episodes keep coming to mind, Jason. Uh, yes, I really am hoping that there's a tour of Del Boca Vista Face. <laughs> All right, Jason, we're back to you. Okay. Which of your favorite musicians are not listed as from Boca Raton, according to Wikipedia? Okay, who are not? Not. 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 Okay. Is it John Bon Jovi? Mm-hmm. Megan Trainer, mm-hmm. Scott Stapp? Or Ariana Grande, all of your favorite musicians. Which one's not from Boca Raton? Okay, I am going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with the New Jersey Cowboy, John Bon Jovi. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's got Boca Raton roots. It's Is it Meg- Scott Stapp? It's Megan Trainer. Scott Stapp, also from Boca Raton. Uh, yeah, because he's because a huge Miami, he's a Miami guy. I just didn't know if he was Man. from Miami. Hey, mm. his arms are wide open. All right, Spencer... <laughs> Which professional athlete is not listed as from Boca Raton, oh according boy. to Wikipedia? Is it Zadrunas Ilgaskis? What? Cleveland Cavaliers it Center? Bubba Watson. Is it Chris Carter, because all he does is catch touchdowns? Or is it Chris, not Jim, Everett? It's Zadrunas Ilgaskis. No, it's actually PGA golfer Bubba Watson, who's from Baghdad, Florida. Oh, come on. The Big Z resides in... Boca Raton. <laughs> you think he ever stops when people ask him where he's from? Where are you from? From Baghdad. I, Long pause. <laughs> Bubba Watson. Yeah. I'm from Baghdad. I thought you were going to go with Big C. I'm Florida. <laughs> I am from Boca Raton. <laughs> All right. Nobody scored, put a point on the board yet. Jason. Okay. Which mafia TV show or movie featured Boca Raton multiple times? Okay. Was it Goodfellas? Was it The Sopranos? Was it Godfather Part Three or Boardwalk Empire? <laughs> it uh, it was um, it was uh, Goodfellas. No, oh! no, it was The Sopranos, which the pilot episode was titled Boca. Oh wow, that's no points for Jason Spencer. You get this one, you <laughs> win. On. If not, you guys tie. No pressure. According to Yelp.com, which of the following is not? In the top three best early bird specials yes! in Boca. Yes, it's here. <laughs> Is it Key Grill? That's K E E. Is it Max's Grilly? That's with an E at the end. Uh, is it La Luna Italian Bistro or is it Giuseppe's Cafe? Ben, I'm going to go with uh, B. <laughs> no. By the way, the, all four of those, that's listed in order of the top four early bird specials in Boca. So D Giuseppe's Gas Cafe would be fourth on that list, not third. So when you do a taste of Boca. Key for- Grill, Max's Grill, Key Grill's Maluna Italian Bristo, Bistro, and Giuseppe's Cafe, Spencer. Hit all four. No, seriously. And, and I need, there needs to be documentation that you get the early bird special when you go and try these places. I need that for my own Jason, personal enjoyment. Jason, it's going to be super busy at that time. That is true. I need to go after five so there's nobody there. Ooh, big spender over here. <laughs> and once again, we've uh, we, we've determined you guys do not know that we, bowl. We do not know that bowl. We don't know anything about Boca Raton. Oh, I mean, if we had we done more bowl games, it would have just been straight ugly. But that wasn't ugly enough. Oh, boy. All right, coming up, our rise and shout-outs. Key Grill. K-E-E, Jason. Key Grill. Before before four. Before. <laughs> Get in before four. I'll see you before four and raise you a top five Tuesday from our Super Saturday of coverage. Top five Super Saturday up next on BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go. 
the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Time for Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. We relive the top five plays from a super Saturday of coverage on BYU TV. And we start with number five with hoops, Caleb Lohner and this dunk. With just under a minute to play, Trevin Nell finds Caleb Lohner for the punctuation mark on rivalry night. Look at that. You know that felt good. Look, the guy could have been wearing red in this game, but instead sealing the deal for the blue. Uh What a performance from Lohner en route to earning WCC Freshman of the Week honors. He finished with a career-high 10 boards to go along with 8 points. Unbelievable Caleb Lohner, and he almost killed a guy in that game. (laughs) Had that dunk gone down. That he was fouled on. Number four, Kavika Fanua and Max Tooley of BYU football teaming up in the name of a fumble. San Diego State running back Keegan Williams <coughs> coughs it up. Recovered by Selecti Fevaliaki. Third quarter, critical juncture on BYU's eight-yard line, Jason. This turned the tide really in the favor of BYU. Number three, back to basketball. Brandon Avert steal and the Colby Lee dunk. Look, you cannot forget about Brandon Avert. B.A. pokes the ball away, gets it the quick outlet pass to Colby Lee, who goes up. And you know if Colby Lee's going to get the dunk and shakes the hoop, he's going to be in our top five. We are all Colby Leavers, in the words of Mark Pope. Number two, back to BYU football. Give me some Drew Jensen. And Drew says, give me that! Picks off Jordan Brookshire returns at 11 yards. First interception of Drew's career. Another key play in holding San Diego State to a goose egg over the final three quarters. All right. And finally, he's number 83 on the jersey, but he's number one in your heart and number one in our top five plays. Isaac Rex touchdown. Our number one play goes to the unstoppable touchdown connection. Zach Wilson to Isaac Rex. Look at this. Rex laying out for this one. Able to stay inbounds. Hauls it in Love it. for the top play of a loaded Super Saturday. And this one was good for 20 yards in the 10th touchdown on the season. He's the second He's second among tight ends uh, to only Florida's Kyle Pitts. Rex has now caught multiple touchdown passes in four games this season. And that was a beaut. Interesting. Do you remember the last freshman All-American that BYU had, Jason? It was Matt hey, Bushman. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, tight end. Uh, so BYU has another tight end factory. Tight end. Oh, and Dallin Holker's coming back to play for BYU next year as well, joining Carter Wheat. If I could tweet out double uh, eyes right now, I would. Yeah. Didn't mean a scheduling announcement. I was just impressed <laughs> with what you just the said. The tight end group is... Uh, it's going to be very, very talented yes. for a long time at BYU. Our question of the day, what does BYU football have left to prove in the Boca Raton Bowl game against UCF? At Shea Lawrence on Twitter says, I know it's only one game difference, but finishing 11-1 feels miles better than 10-2. BYU barely missed a perfect season. This team deserves to be remembered as a historically great one. Yeah, it, they should. And I don't, I don't want anybody else to have ammunition to dismiss what BYU's done. So, winning this game, it, there's a lot on the line for this game. Greg Schaefer, along the lines of what Jason Shepard was saying early, that 9-0 wasn't a fluke. 
BYU wins, they cement a special season, especially with everything that happened to the original schedule. They prove they're not pretenders. Yes. Kerry Turner on Instagram says, any competitor worth their salt will give all that they can to produce a win. This isn't a prestigious bowl, but it's a chance to compete with a solid UCF team and end the season on a positive note. And I agree. This is a good team. I know there's people that, oh, well, it's the fourth team in the American. This is a good team. And this is an offense that is prolific. Cougar, Cougar Stats said that in the last 48 games, they've only scored less than 30 points twice in 48 games. Yeah, BYU's defense holds UCF under 30. That's something to be proud of yes, for sure. Is. They just score a ton of points. In response to our question of the day, our elite voice presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Nick Lee on Twitter, that BYU can finally win a game in the state of Florida. It would be a great accomplishment to finally, it was a great accomplishment to finally beat Boise on the blue but what about in the same season? Win in Florida. Finishing ranked and with just one loss is also a huge deal. Yeah, a season of firsts yes, absolutely. for BYU, right? You win at Boise. You win in Florida. Zach Wilson becomes the first first-round quarterback drafted since Jim McMahon. Like, it's a lot. I know. There's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of really cool things on the horizon for this BYU program. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. All right, my Rise and Shoutout is going to go to Monday Night Football for finally giving us a good game. The Monday Night Games, you, and it, a lot of it comes down to the matchup. There's not been great matchups over the years, and Monday Night Football just hasn't had the same feel. Thir- Thursday Night Football is even worse. <laughs> But that was a great game last night. and it had Who two didn't good... expect the Ravens and Browns to <laughs> yes, give us exactly. an all-time classic, Jason? It was a good game with good teams, both in the postseason you know, mix. And I, it was just nice that Monday Night Football finally had a good game. So they get my rise and shout-out. Not that they had really any control of what happened on the field. There but... was uh, an iconic bathroom break in that game, too, Jason. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, BYU basketball, Spencer Johnson, the sophomore guard, hoping to keep his hot shooting going at San Diego State. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Ron Salise. We'll see you at 5 Eastern for BYU women's basketball on the BYU TV app. In-state battle. Go Cougs.